Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. So I'm talking with another Catherine today. My guest is Catherine McCoy, who is a naturopath, lives here in Canberra. And Catherine is passionate about supporting women who are exhausted, stressed and facing burnout. And I think already we'll probably have some of our listeners pricking up their ears and listening in. And Catherine really believes that we shouldn't have to compromise, compromise on our health while we're working, while we're playing and while we're enjoying life. And Catherine's actually practicing what she's preaching because she's joining me today from beautiful Italy. And I'm really jealous. (laughs) Catherine's packed up her office. And she's doing the ultimate in flexible working. And I'm just really excited to find out about how she's managing all that and all the other magical things that make Catherine who she is. So welcome, Catherine. How are you? I'm really well. Um, Buongiorno. Oh, buongiorno. Buongiorno. Buongiorno, Catherine. Oh, oh, buonasera for you. Funnily, I don't speak any Italian apart from those few phrases, but I'm learning on the (laughs) the road. (laughs) Yeah, it's like so where, where are you calling in from? Currently, we're in a, a a town called Treviso, which is about thirty kilometres northwest of Venice. And we actually caught the train into Venice yesterday just for a day trip, which was lovely. It's about a thirty-minute train ride, so not very long. Treviso is they some people have actually called it Little Venice because there's some canals here. Oh, no. um, but it's it's built, the main city part is within a town wall, you know, one of those old fortress walls, which is quite a large area. And they've diverted part of the river system and built canals all through uh, the city here. And, yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. It's a little unknown spot, so it's not very touristy, which suits nice. us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, quite stylish, yeah, so it's very stylish fashion-wise and, yeah, it's got lovely cafes and restaurants and a very a really funky vibe to it. So, yeah, we're enjoying our stay here. So how long have you been there for? So you're you're from Canberra, you live in Canberra. Yes. My, mm-hmm. my town, so the capital of Australia yes. for those who are listening in from overseas. And you've packed up your office and you've... Yes working out of Italy, but you're also travelling around, so we'll find out more of more about that. So how long have you been away for already? We've been away for 53 days, I think today's the count, 53 days. <laughs> so we're just past the halfway mark. So Oh, so you're staying for a couple, you'll be there for a couple of months? Three months, yeah. So 
which is the longest we can stay because that's the, the length of the, the visas that you can get. So, Oh, is that true? So if you in for Italy or Europe, you can travel Europe, to yeah. other... No, no, it's a, a whole an EU group thing. You can only stay for 90 days. So could you then pop out to somewhere else and then pop back? You've got to be away for three months. You can't pop out and come back in. Oh, but three months is good. Three months is good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a really good time. Yeah, I um, love that. I'd love to stay here, yeah. Tell me, before, because I want to explore all of that, all the things, that mm-hmm. the logistics, because I've got a number of girlfriends who have been sharing their dreams about mm-hmm. living that sort of nomadic working lifestyle. So I'm going to go back and pick your brains about all of those things. But before I do, so tell me about what stage of life you're at. So where are you well, kind of getting a sense of that already that you're living overseas (laughs) but tell me a little bit about you before we dive into that in more detail sure I was born in Canberra so did not know that is my home yeah it's my hometown I grew up there and lived there most of my life it's a very short stint away but moved back quite quickly because I love Canberra yeah don't we all yeah yeah I do and Yes, so now the the stage of my life I am at now, obviously I'm just about to turn 65, so I'm at that that stage, which is a beautiful stage of a woman's life, I think. It's where we begin to become, you know, back into our own self, if not before then. Yes, so we can start living life based on what we we truly desire, I guess. I'm... With uh, my life partner now, his name is Jeff. Yeah. And so we have yeah three children each and all their extended family. So it's quite a large family. Oh my gosh, group. you're like the Brady Bunch. You are a I real Brady right. Bunch, aren't you? You are the Brady yes. Bunch. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we often laughed about that. And so when uh, I met Jeff, he he's retired, but he I now joke and say his full time job is actually looking after me, okay. which he does a beautiful, a fabulous <laughs> job at. So, and he loved to travel and I love to travel. So that's what we do. So my, I had like a physical clinic in Canberra. Yeah. Uh, but I, once uh, we sort of started to travel a fair bit, I closed that down and moved to the clinic to, uh, in our apartment where we live. And so when I am in Canberra, I consult from there. And yeah. when I'm on the road, it's, uh, yeah, it, it has kind of morphed into this. It's taken me, you know, quite a number of years to make it work. And I wouldn't say it's seamless uh, because I'm learning on the go all the time. But it's getting better as the years go by with how we do how we do business in life. Yeah, Catherine, can I ask? So, when you moved from the bricks and mortar clinic into your apartment, was that mm-hmm. before COVID? Was that before COVID? Yes. Yeah. So you were sort of a little bit ahead of the game when when that happened. Exactly. So, yes, I, I actually had closed my physical clinic and you know, set up and I was trying to encourage my clients to do more Zoom and online. Yeah. They resisted. Uh, so lockdowns actually worked in my favour yeah. because yeah. people became a lot more comfortable and savvy about technology and doing, you know, telehealth consultations and, and I think, you know, that's been one of the positives that we can look at out of lockdowns. 
that you know it has uh, you know, sort of been sort of made people more confident. You know, but there's a lot more lot online work. You know, ordering lots of different things online yeah. now. So yeah, so it did actually. Um, make it easier for me that was so. the same with my business too like I was I sort of had a hybrid approach like I'd been working from mm-hmm. home for many years but I would see clients in their premises but I mm-hmm. was also doing some online prior to yeah. COVID so it just opened up a whole lot of opportunities and I remember I was able to help some of the the women just to help with their their businesses so they could get online and run that. So that seems like yes, yeah. hundred years ago, doesn't it? That's I know. Like, now it's now it's it's our normal. Yeah, it's the normal, which is great. I mean, it's good, but it's yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about some of those health um. <laughs> I want to just dip back a little bit when you mentioned mm-hmm. about the beautiful stage of life that you're at. Mm-hmm. I interviewed another guest whose episode came out. Last week, Joe St. George, who's just turned 60, and she said the same. She said it's a beautiful stage of life. It's almost like a very mm-hmm. liberating stage of life. And it's not just I'm, I'm 57, so I'm sort of in that demographic mm. as well. But I find a lot of women in our sort of age and demographic do feel that coming back to themselves. It's almost like they've got permission which yes. I don't know about you, but I try and help women not wait to arrange, but I think it kind of correlates yes. with the number of birthdays we have as well sometimes. It does. And, uh, yes, I do that a lot with, with my client uh, work and it's like, you know, and trying to get women to actually reconnect with their creative side that yeah. because that's one of the things I see we let go of yeah. when we're in our reproductive nurturing you know, family yep. uh, years yep. or, you know, working, uh, career building, building a, you know, sort of nesting, I guess, and, and yep. making a home. And, and our creative side is one of the things that we let go. Yep. And because we're so, you know, you can't do everything. And I think it's one of the things that we as women really miss yep. and it's important. And so creatively you know my thing is writing I love to write and whether that's just journaling yourself you don't I know I publish blogs and newsletters etc but I also just really love writing my journal and so I just write stories in there so nobody sees them so you know that that's my creative pursuit Um, but other women you know they love to do that you know when I talk to them it's like well what did you love to do when you're at school you know and it's whether it's playing an instrument or painting or you know pottery or something whatever it is I try to encourage them to please step back into that space because that's important for us and you know what I find too some women aren't quite sure about what that is either so it's about trying some different things yes. and just what kind of sparks do I, I, the thing that pops into my mind oh my gosh there's so many things flooding into my mind right now I, I think I'm quite creative but I channel my creativity in different ways and I was wanting to learn mosaics I was really drawn mm. to mosaics and I did one lot of that and I excuse me, my French, my Italian, like, fuck, I hated that. Like, it was just not my jam. And I did one, we got all these tiles and I got John to help me. And I'm just like, nah, that's yeah. not, that does not, I'm not a detailed creative person. And if I have to, if it takes too long, not my thing. So, yeah. um, but what you just shared there too, Catherine, is when we 
think about, you know, what did we enjoy as children? I Mm. loved make-believe and I loved Uh organising games and I loved, like my girlfriends Mm. and I, we were the Charlie's Angels and I loved that whole experience of things and I love doing that now. Like I love creating different events and experiences and organising and I would not have... I think that was something that I reflected on when somebody asked me that question about what did you enjoy mm. as a child? I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> then that kind of just comes, you know, flicks forward. And that can be one of the journaling prompts. Like you do a lot of journaling, but a journaling yeah. prompt about, you know, what do I enjoy or what did I enjoy and where can I get my creativity from? Yeah, so what a really powerful journaling prompt is, um, just a simple phrase, I remember when. Yeah. And that can that can unlock a lot of memories. And so, you know, your you your imagination is yes. is really powerful. So anything you know, to do it's, with really your dangerous to, it's really dangerous <laughs> to it's really dangerous to um it doesn't it doesn't yeah, it gets a life of its own sometimes. <laughs> so. That's perfectly okay. <laughs> yeah, so some, sometimes, you know, with women, it could be dancing. Yeah, yeah. And, or, you know, it doesn't really cooking. doesn't matter what. Oh, cooking, cooking. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes, cooking. Um, you know, sometimes, women, like yeah, that. women have a beautiful, that you know, creative streak when it comes to cooking, but that actually gets overtaken by life because, you know, you just got to get that food on the table every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially you- when, you know, you, Little ones. Yeah. Do you hear people, your clients say that they've lost their mojo or they've lost their love of life? That's what I hear a lot of my clients saying that I just, you know, there's something missing and I'm not quite sure what it is. You know, mojo is that zest for life and Mm -hmm. it can be that creativity. To me, that weaves into it, doesn't it? It does. And it's often that they've, they've lost connection with who they are you know it's I think with women especially and I know I experienced this myself back in some of my darker days Mm. it's like you know I'm reflecting that that you know we we grow up and especially in our day it's, it's a little bit different the generations now but you know we were expected to marry and have children and I think you, you do lose your identity, your innate identity. It's like, well, who who was I? Who yeah. was I back then? And who could I have been if I hadn't gone down that pathway? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, when I talk about reflection, I don't never want reflection to turn into regret. No. But it's, you know, it's a really good way to reflect and go, well, yeah, so I can do that now. I can actually look back and go, well, who, what would I have wanted to do when I was that age? And I went, I chose a different pathway because that was expected of me. Now I can do that. Now I can yeah. go, yeah, I can travel and I can do things. And maybe even it's about, you know, reflecting on what you might have liked to have done and do I still want to do that now given life circumstances? I think that's yes. part of the journey is mm. to say, well, what would I have done? What I, what would I have liked to have done? And is mm. that something I want to do now or is it kind of morphed into something else? And it may, you know, it might be one or the other or both of those elements. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
And yeah. so one of our first trips we did when Jeff and I got together, I said I'd one of my dreams when I, you know, back in the 70s when I was at school was I was going to leave school and go to London. You remember those days when everyone wanted to go yeah. to live in London? Yeah. Of course, I never did. And so we went to London and it was that I remember flying stuff. in, mm. yeah, flying mm. in over London and I was sitting in the, the window seat and looking there and I was so emotional. Yeah, I'm getting emotional just, like, just even listening. Oh, yeah, me too, that. just talking about yeah. it. I'm like, this is like, you know, reliving my yeah. my dream. And, you know, we spent a lovely week there. And I just, while I was there, I, I pretended I was, you know, a teenager sort of landing in there. And we went to Soho and we went to, you know, sort of all those Carnaby Street and, yes, yeah, sort of all those things. And I'm like, this is I was trying to imagine what it would have been like if I'd actually fulfilled that that dream back then. And then, you know, I was like, that was great. It was oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That just flicks into my mind, and it's kind of related, but not really. It wasn't a it wasn't a dream of mine growing up, but we went through some financial shitty period in life, and. Mm like it was really stressful and I was just kind of siphoning off a little bit of money a little bit of money for the family to go on an overseas trip it took me years to kind of you know for us to get back on track financially but I was just kind of siphoning this little bit of money off and then we went to we went on this trip and it's funny that you're outside of Venice and you went to Venice yesterday but I remember when we were in Venice and on the Rialto Bridge and I just went oh, my God, I've actually been able, you know, through mm. all this dark time of financial shittiness, I was able to to save and scrimp. And it was just this powerful, I can even feel that now, like your London yes. trip yeah. about mm. it was a sign of kind of just like, yep, yeah, you're okay. Oh, God, that was just, and, and one of the things whenever I experience those shitty times, or subsequent ones, I remember that image of going, it's okay, like you will get through it. Um, so yes. it's different to what you were saying about the the dreams that you had, but it's, yeah, kind of related. Yeah, it's, yeah. It gives you, it does, you know, sort of realising that and, you know, you can draw on that power yeah. and know that you can do anything, you can create anything you want within reason, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it is about how we look at different aspects of, of situations. And, yeah. you know, one of the, I'm certainly no Pollyanna, but I do try to draw on the positive aspects of things. Um, yeah. So. I think you, you, you and I are very similar and the approach that we take and um, for those younger ones that are listening, I use that phrase quite a lot that I'm not a Pollyanna. I think I was using it with my daughter and she said, what's Pollyanna? Who's like, Pollyanna? That was, that was this young. <laughs> Remember the, the plan? Like in the olden days. <laughs> yeah, but this, um, just everything was just rosy and unicorns mm. and, and everything. So tell me, how have you managed to pack up your life and mm-hmm. live overseas for three months? What have you been able to do to, to be to, there? To make that all happen? Yeah. That so happen. it's, it's been a work in progress right from the the first time that we did it. You know, it starts small, mm. <laughs> go away for a week in Australia, <laughs> yeah. see how it works. 
running a clinic is difficult because I have the logistics of dispensary items yeah. and so and herbal medicine to dispense and so I have um businesses in Australia now that are getting very very good at that so I can order anything to be delivered direct to my clients yeah. within you know usually 24 hours it's at their doorstep where I have you know another business that I use that will mix up a herbal prescription for me and post that deliver that to my client so that that works quite well I mean there's always Australia Post involved so um, mailing system yeah our mailing system here that sometimes yep yeah so you know or couriers or who you know whatever the companies are using you know there's always that sort of logistical glitches I guess that you need to navigate Um, apart from that it's my laptop and (laughs) <laughs> everything you know is basically on there obviously I don't have my my lovely library of, of you know physical books at home but most things are online now so it, it does make it easy if I want to do research or sort of look things up client wise and I have a client management system that I you know use a, a tech you know an online one yeah moved away from paper files quite a few years ago and uh, everyone's online so you know that goes with me everywhere so I have access to everybody's file and uh, I use Zoom and a booking system and it just kind of works. Uh, there's a few glitches but basically you know, it's, it's <laughs> it. Well, yeah. I'm just laughing like glitches, I'm thinking about human error glitch. I, for the very first time, I think in my life, missed a Zoom meeting today. And I was just so engrossed in a thing that I was doing that, and I didn't get reminders popping up. And it was just like, oh my God, that's the first one that I've ever, ever missed. And so of oh. course I'm, um, that, that was a human error. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Yeah, that happens. That happens, happens of course. You know, and sometimes you know, clients can't get Zoom to work their end, and you know, there's different things. But in the scheme of things, we work it out. Yeah. I've even done a consult, just emailing back and forth. <laughs> you know, they couldn't get their, their Zoom to work, so you know, it's sort of like just tapping away on the keyboard, and we got things done. So it's about being adaptable. To whatever is presented. Yeah, and you were kind of ahead. Like I'm, I'm envious of your client management system. Like you were sharing that with me. Yes, yes some while ago, and I was just like, oh my god, that is just such a a, a good. Yours is a health practitioner one, but it was a really yeah. good system. And it's about embracing that, isn't it? And being able to use technology to help and support. And it's like using anything to help and support, not just technology, but getting help and support where you can. Yes, yeah, and embracing the technology, which, you know, at my age is, it doesn't come naturally, yeah. I think. The next generation, the last generation yeah. were born with some sort of innate technology chip, I think. Yeah, um, they I just think know. So, too. so it's about embracing it and learning it and asking for help, you know, for yeah. reaching out. And, you know, I have a VA now who yes. can help with different technology things. And so, you know, outsourcing things like that is really helpful. So, man- yeah, so managing online work is is easy, but you yeah, start at home and build on it from there. Time zone differences is another logistic yeah. that we have to manage, but Jeff does a great job with working out. There was, I think there's three different 
uh, daylight saving time zone changes while we're away this time. So that's constantly yeah. shifting. Uh, so and Europe to Australia, are most of your clients in Australia or not? Or do you have international yes, ones? Yes, yes. No, they're, they're all in Australia, yes. Yeah, because I think the Europe to Australia is, I mean, it's not too bad at the moment. I'm recording 5 p.m. my time, which is 9 a.m. your time, I think. Yes, yes, um, it's about eight hours. Yeah, so that's not too bad. I know some, yeah, America time. Yeah, it's just one of the things that you kind of get used to. Yeah. Yes. And so I just have, I just went through my diary and blocked out, you know, this is when I can consult. Obviously, I'm, when I was at home leading up to coming away, I was working nearly seven days a week and really long hours every day, and which is not sustainable when you travel because there's no point coming to Italy if I'm spending the whole time no, on a computer. So, you know, sort of blocking out and, and being a little bit ruthless and going, well, no, I am only available, Perfect. you know, like Italy time is, you know, 8 a.m. till 11 a.m. on, you know, three days a week or something. You know, it's just yeah. and just managing that. Because it's a, as you know, when you're running a business, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes admin or you know file management things that you have to that take up time as well so so just managing that well and still sort of balancing that work life yeah so with the logistics get all of that how do you do it mentally because when I'm on holidays like I can imagine in Italy I would not want to be seeing my clients I love my clients but how are you managing that that sort of um, <laughs> tourist local working kind of stuff what's that like it's yeah some days it's easier than others <laughs> so I try to limit my work days to three days a week and in my mind I'm like well that gives me you know four days to to be a you know sort of live the, the local life so when we travel we we try to blend in with where we are so you know we're going to the markets we're cooking we're yeah. uh, you know sort of doing local things and so that helps to have that mindset that I'm just actually living here. Yeah, nice. I'm not, not visit, I'm not a tourist because it's different when we, when we do travel to big cities. Um, it's different because you, yeah, there's more to do and more to see. And when we're in a big city, we mainly stay in a hotel. Yeah. So, um, but when, when we're in the country areas, we, we always have Airbnb. So yeah. we have a kitchen and, you know, laundry. It's just like transferring it's your living, life. Yeah. 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 And so that makes it a little bit easier. Sometimes I, I do struggle with thinking because it's hard to switch off after you've been consulting. Yes. And I've said, yes, I'm going to send this and I'm going to, you know, do this. And, and I'm, I take a lot of care with every single client that I do support. So, you know, Jeff sometimes has to remind me, you know, like, you're not here <laughs> you know, when we're, we're walking around looking at something, you know, because my mind is like, yeah. God, I forgot to do this or I forgot to do that. So I think um, being uh, more adept at compartmentalising yeah. would be helpful, but that's a work in progress and I'm only human. Yeah. I'm like that. I've just had a quick little breakaway mm. with the family and I'm like you, I find it a bit hard to switch off, especially mm. after clients. But with the breakaway, I just went, you know what, I'm not even taking any of my work with me. And I just switched off and it was a holiday 
And it was the most, I felt like I was away for six weeks after those four days because I was really switched off. So it's about, and, and what I'm hearing from you, Catherine, is that you're saying, You've set the intention that you're working while you're away. This isn't just a three-month holiday. It's also an opportunity for you to, you know, maintain the the work with your clients. So it's about getting into that mindset and then putting the boundaries in place about the days and times you're going to work and, you know, being mindful of when it's kind of trickling over to the holiday. (laughs) Which it does because time zone differences and people's lifestyles in their life in in, uh, Australia, they, you know, they're busy. They're trying to manage things. So, you know, sometimes I will slot someone in on a Saturday afternoon here, you know, Saturday morning here. So, because I can, it's not a a big deal to set aside an hour to help somebody that needs it because they can't fit into my lifestyle yeah you know there's an adaptability there that needs to cross over I think it's it's not all about me no that's a good (laughs) I reckon that's a good regardless of where we're at in life exactly it's like well you know it's not so you know I never I never make that a non-negotiable boundary. It's like, yeah, I can negotiate it, so yeah. it's not a problem. Someone Actually, I'm very much me. like that too. I'm very much mm. like that. What's and it like travelling with and working, travelling with partner who's retired? Is that, like you said, his job's to look after you? So, <laughs> are there any challenges around that? Are there any challenges around that? I think we, we've um, over the years we've worked that into a, quite a good rhythm. Um, yeah. Even at home, Jeff does most of the cooking. Um, you know, I, I can cook quite well as well, but he he loves it. So yeah. I'll step aside. I'll just you know, yeah. go. And so with travelling, he's a he's a, a wonder because he does all the bookings. He does all the travel management. He's driving the car. You know, my daughter keeps sort of texting, going, have you had a drive of the car yet, Mum? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so I'm a passenger princess. I can sit there because it's all I do is I get in the car and I remind Jeff, keep right, look left. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Because it's, it's the opposite. So, and we have, you know, and I help navigate, but it's like, well, I do my work and he knows that and then we go out and we do other really cool stuff. Yeah. It sounds so, like a really good, a good team, like the dream team for being able to pack up your your business and go on the road and experience the yes. life experience life what would be some like we've talked through some good tips but just other women who are thinking of that and don't mm-hmm. know whether nomadic lifestyle is the right word but you know working from different places anything places. else that would be useful tips um I think you have to have a, a bit, there needs to be a certain amount of relaxation involved and adaptability. Yeah. yeah. And there was one incident when we were in Tuscany a few weeks ago. We were there in this beautiful village called Panzana and right on the top of a Tuscan hill overlooking the, and there was, we were in a villa and it had a lovely backyard and I'd actually, I was, We'd done something and I was quite tired. So, because I love to, when I'm, when I'm feeling a little bit stressed and overwhelmed, I like to grab a novel and oh. I lose myself in a, in a novel. That's how I kind of yeah. just 
stop my mind from going down too many rabbit holes. And so because we can't carry books, you know, I have the borrow box, you know, the library system. So I was in, so I went and I was lying on the bed and I was reading on my computer. And then we went out somewhere and I remember I just put my laptop, you know, I left it on the bed, but of course got covered up with a piece of clothing or something. And when we came home, couldn't find my laptop. And I was convinced somebody had broken into the apartment <laughs> and stolen. You can imagine my my mind. It was like, what? Yeah. I, I was like, well, what am I going to do? I, that's my life. You know, my, yes. my laptop yeah. is my life. Yeah. Anyway, I eventually found it and it was all good. But there, yeah, that that the anxiety level with that. And but all the time I was thinking, well, what can I do yeah. if it? If I do lose my laptop or it breaks or, you know, so it's, I mean, in reality, it's not the end of the world. Mm. Life goes on without without me being having a laptop. So it's like, well, okay, well, what would I have to do? I'd have to go and buy one and try and sort of set one up and, and fix it that way. But so those, those sort of little glitches can be challenging um, with, and I think so having that adaptability and being, not so, I guess, rigid yeah. in what is happening around you. You know, sometimes it's like, well, I just can't do that. So, and being okay with that. But at the same time, having a client base that is really understanding, all my clients yeah. are very lovely and I'll send them, you know, the odd photo in newsletters and I get some lovely feedback. So it's, it's a, I guess, a two-way street. But I would encourage anyone who wants to to do this to think about how to do it and start small. Yeah, I think start that's good small. advice. Just start. And and for me, it's also about if you have an inkling, and it might not be, you know, people's inkling might not be the travel and packing up. It might be something mm-hmm. else that they want to do. Yes. And it's about listen to what that inkling is, and mm-hmm. you know how could you make that happen. Not what do I have to do to make it happen, but how could I make that happen? What would I love to yeah. have happen and what could I do? And it's about the flexibility, like you said, and what can you can control? And that's mm. not even just, you know, taking a business on the road. That's just about life. And when you were talking about helping women who were, you know, exhausted, stressed, burnt out, they're good tips oh. for <laughs> women generally so not even just the the business staff but you know Catherine you're a naturopath you you see a lot of women do you just work with women or do you work with men as well um yeah they have male clients contact you know often women's husbands (laughs) you have to fix my husband (laughs) yeah yeah interesting to help him so yes I do have probably predominantly would be about 90% women and 10% men you know come through uh, my bookings and so yeah I certainly don't turn men away if no. they if they want to consult with me absolutely same. I'm the same with that too what are the key things and I'm just asking for a friend here about burnout stress overwhelm <laughs> what what sort of do you what do you see your clients what do they sort of present with in their burnout world well fatigue yeah is the major is the major one so that's usually what brings women you know to to seek other help because uh allopathically in the medical world it's not addressed you know sort of in a a very holistic way they do gps do a fabulous job 
so you know most women are fatigued then there's hormones involved because different life stages have different hormonal drives and so we need to address that whatever life stage somebody is at sleep is is important Uh, and i am doing a lot of work with circadian rhythm regulation and resetting circadian rhythms which is actually far more involved than I originally thought when I before I started going that down that rabbit hole of research you know digestion has its own rhythm you know every organ in its in our body has its own different rhythm and yeah it's not just your sleep wake cycle there's a lot of a lot of moving parts Mm. inside us that need to not always line up but we need to be aware of and that can help be helpful and so just so when somebody comes to see me, it's I'm looking for the driver. Yeah. What what is really driving this the ill health here? You know, what is keeping somebody from not getting better? Yeah. And so sometimes that is some simple lifestyle adjustments. It's yeah. Um, I like to to work with with people and keep it really simple. Oh my gosh, we're just soul sisters. Like we're soul sisters. So same. Like I do the same, but not in the 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 health, but looking at. I mean, it is health, but it's the well being, and mm-hmm. you know, what are the patterns and what is the root cause? Because often, yes. what is presenting is a symptom of something. So you do that through your modalities of helping people to, mm-hmm. you know, with their health and wellness and overall. Mm-hmm. And sometimes living. it yeah. can be. It can be their, you know, attitude. It yeah. can be, I'm a, I love habits. I have, yeah. you know, I'm a big habit. Yeah. Stand on my, my soapbox about habits, about setting up really good yeah. habits. Yeah. And so that's really helpful for us. So it's looking at those, those really simple changes about even thought processes yeah. can, can keep somebody in, a, in an ill health yeah. picture. So, you know, my main mantra that I use for myself and also I try to get my clients to do is small, consistent steps. That's all I ever want anybody to do. They, you can't change the world or you can't change your health in one day. Yeah. But you can build on that by doing very, very tiny, small, consistent steps based on the level of, of um, overwhelm and the level of yeah. health that somebody is at, even if it's five minutes, yeah. you know, it's just it doesn't really yeah. matter because what you build on today will always look different, you know, in, in the years to come. So just bringing the focus back to that is where, where I love to work with people. Yeah, same. And, and take your supplements if I, if I prescribe them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it is, isn't it? That's where I'm at too, is taking deliberate action. Because I hear a lot of people going, I've tried all this and I've done this and I've done that and it hasn't worked and it hasn't worked. And it's like when you dive down, there's often something that, you know, a story that they're telling themselves. But there's a lot of people that don't take that consistent action. And And when I talk about the deliberate action, it's about... You know, if we consciously think about those steps, those little steps, then they become the automatic habits, but they don't become automatic habits straight away. We have to no. do something and mm. it's just the, the littleness. And sometimes people underestimate how powerful those, how, how powerful simplicity can be. 
that they, they think I've got to do this really big life overhaul doesn't no. I don't no you don't you know no. no start with like if you want to change your eating habits you start with one meal one yeah. small meal and yeah you, know, you, you get your breakfast right yeah and then, and then see what happens yeah yeah it is about building that and I because we we live in a society of um what's the word instant gratification yes, yes. people want change today yeah and you know that's what we've been have kind of evolved in a very very yeah. short amount of time to want yeah. that because of technology it's like no instant no give me a pill mm-hmm. um just so that yeah. make you know make so i can keep going on and living the life that i'm doing now but i don't have all these symptoms yeah well it doesn't actually work like that it's it's Going back to the basic, just doing small consistent steps and going, well, we'll just change this and we change that. And, and it's like that. Well, how long does it take to build a habit? <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, there's all the 21 days, there's 28 days, there's 66 days, there's all this. It's like, well, it's a lifetime because yeah. when you stop doing it, it's no longer a habit. And so, yeah. and so having a habit tracker is really helpful. You know, I, it doesn't have to be, you know, sort of complicated, like I'll show you my self-drawn habit tracker here. It's just looks something like like that, you know. Oh, so you that's just draw, got little ticks and... Just little squares crosses, that little I drew on a page and, and you colour it in. So, yeah. you know, that yeah. sort of connects with my creative side as well. So, you know, you can do little things like that because by tracking it, it helps your brain to... To actually remember, yeah, and, and yeah, then you go, so. that's that's good. I think I'm I'm not a habit tracker. I'm a habit creator. It almost gets back to that mosaic stuff for me. It's it's I, it's I do it, but I don't tick it off. <laughs> I'm not a ticker. Yes, um, but yeah, that's, yeah. It's, it's, and for I some people, it to, I equate it to like hygiene. If we want to keep clean, we shower every day or a couple of times a day. Habits yes. are like that. We need to keep doing it. And that's where the consistent and the small consistent steps are so important because I, I, a lot of people I come into contact with, it's like, yeah, I did that once, tick. I've done tick, but it didn't work. Yes. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you've yeah, got to keep yeah. with it keep with it and what works for for each person so what works for Catherine and I it might be different for other people but it's about Mm. the consistency it's about the simplicity and the small Mm. steps but do something that is that feels good for each person is is my that's where I kind of work with people is what feels good for you don't do what Mm. feels good for me but you might get some insights and that's why I love the podcast so much where there's just different women talking about how they do life there are some mm-hmm. consistent themes. There's some very different themes, but not everything relates, resonates with everybody. And that's the beauty of life, I think. That is, the I know, because we are all different. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if we were all the same. Oh my God, that would, <laughs> yes, that would not be good. So, what daily practice? As long as, long as it, yeah. So they, they were all. Yeah, I just can't imagine if everyone was the same. And that's one of the things that that uh, enriches our experience when we travel is yeah. meeting 
the different people and I love to talk to people and yeah. engage in them and ask, you know, what is it like to be an Italian and to live in Italy? And it was one funny story in Rome when we were there, we, we were walking around and we came to a, a very small piazza with hardly anyone in there. And in the corner was this little, this old guy, he must have been about in, well in his 70s, nearly 80, and he was sitting there and he had a table of jewellery and he was sitting behind it and he was making this jewellery. And I, he couldn't speak a word of English and I couldn't speak a word of Italian apart from buongiorno. And, but he had a sign there and he was, it was about recycling metal. So he was going around looking for little bits of plates and all sorts of different men and he was making earrings and necklaces and things like that and of course I had to buy some earrings off him. But he was really gorgeous. His name was Giuseppe and he still thinks my name is Australia. Oh <laughs> Miss Miss Australia. <laughs> It was really weird. I tried to have this conversation oh, in very, beautiful. Mm. it was so funny. So yeah, and he was doing something really simple. Mm. He was just sitting there and create, being creative, making this, this really recycled um, jewelry. Yeah, it's oh, really beautiful. Lovely. Oh, Catherine, yeah. these podcast chats go too fast. Oh my ever. goodness, is it that long? It sure is. Where can where can our listeners well, like? We've got your details in the show notes, but mm-hmm. where can they find you? What's your business called? My clinic is called I Naturally. Yes. So I N A T U R A W L Y dot com dot au, and yes, you all have the link there. All the links in the socials, yeah. Yes, and anyone who'd like to connect, please do. Yeah, and you can share um and all Catherine's working holiday kind of lifestyle tips and so thank you very much thank you gorgeous that was thank you I look forward to hearing more about it when you're back in Canberra and thank you to all of our beautiful listeners if you want to if anybody wants more tips about just living life feel free to jump onto the happiness hive website happiness hyphen hive where you can get regular tips I share tips with you just about living a fabulous life so thank you all Hugs and happiness. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high-vibe happiness in your life, Come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.